Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's so part message. Four, part five, sorry, of uh, Here Comes Heaven at Valley Rise. Have you all been enjoying this series? I've loved this series. Yeah, sure, don't clap. That's fine. I've been enjoying it. I've had a good time with it. Um, and so super, super um, ready for this morning. Very excited about this last part of this. I believe that God has something to speak to us. Hey, how was everyone's Christmas? Everyone have a good Christmas? My Christmas was very eventful. Um, it, was, it was crazy. Um, we left Sunday night. We left Sunday right after church. We drove to Lafayette, Louisiana, where I'm from. Um, Sunday night, we are in, my dad has a, like a hunting garage thing, and we're in this hunting garage getting stuff ready because we hunt like all the time. That's all our family does. And um, Eli, there's a golf cart in there, and Eli, my six-year-old son, gets in the golf cart, and he's just playing around in the golf cart. Um, my dad is like right here, and the golf cart's like right there, and I'm behind the golf cart. I'm smart in this story. Remember that? Um, and Eli doesn't realize the golf cart's on and punches the gas, okay? Well, this thing takes off, and my dad doesn't see it until it's like about to hit him. And so he turns his head. It runs him over. Like, like, like it, it's funny now. It was kind of scary then. Like, it like for real runs him over. He's on the ground screaming. Eli's in the golf cart screaming, freaking out. I'm standing behind just watching the whole thing. Like, I'm just like, this is crazy. So then I have to pull the golf cart off of him, okay? We go inside, and if you've never seen your parents get hurt, how many of you have never seen your parents get hurt? How many of you have seen your parents get hurt? How many of you have seen it happen? It's a weird thing, because like there's, like you know, as a kid, you always see your parents as kind of invincible, and then when you see your parents get hurt, it was like, it, was, it made me feel awkward and uncomfortable, and then it was kind of funny too, because I was like, Dad, those aren't noises. You should, you, I told him when we got in the house, I'm like, you should change the noises you make when you get hurt. Like, those are the noises Grandpa makes when he gets hurt. He's like, oh! like that's it's not good noises dad like just something younger just like ah god like something you know and so he's like well sorry I wasn't thinking about that when I was getting run over by your son so um he breaks his arm like bad they have to do surgery okay Christmas Eve my aunt who's been in a three-year battle with cancer passed away and so we got to celebrate her life well we come back Christmas night for Christmas with my in-laws they have the funeral on Friday. I drive back for the funeral. It's Eli's birthday Friday night. I drive back after the funeral to be back for Eli's birthday. It has been an eventful week for us, to say the least. But we got some good Christmas presents. So that made it all good, you know. And um, the Saints are going to win today, which will make it even better. Um, is, there, is there a football team in Houston? Do, they, do you guys even have a football team? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I see all my Texans fans, they're like, this, we're leaving this church. We're praying for the Texans and the Saints until they play each other. And then listen, I tell everyone this, there's only one football team that's in the Bible, okay? The Lord talks about the Saints rejoicing. And so I'm just trying to be biblical here. And um, No, but, but it is going to be a great week. A lot of my friends took, took this week off in church, and so they called me. They said, hey, we're canceling services. Why aren't, why aren't y'all canceling service? I said, why would you cancel service? They said, well, I mean, it's just, you know, 
give everybody a break. I said, it was funny. I called, I called all the mosques in town. They weren't canceling service today. It was weird. I ca called all the, the Catholic churches. None of them were closing the doors today. It was crazy. I mean, I just, they all laughed. I said, listen, we are going to have church. There is a Sunday. We are going to have church. And so I'm glad that you guys are here. And we get to celebrate this last Sunday before we go into the New Year's together. Would you bow your heads and we'll pray together. Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. I thank you, God, that you have a desire to speak to us, that you have a desire to impart your words into our hearts. And today, I pray that we get a little closer to you and a little closer to people. I pray, God, that you would speak to us like only you can. I ask that my words would not be my words, but that they'd be your words, God, that we would grow and that we would finish 2018 strong. We're so thankful for your love, Jesus. Bless us, watch over us, protect us, and keep us in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. So, hey, we're also going into 21 days of prayer. Let me explain that to you. How many of you um, have taken part in a 21 days of prayer before? You know what that is? Okay, for those of you who don't, we start every year with 21 days of prayer. And what that is is we take the 21 days in January and we commit that we're going to start our year right. Everyone... Um, Fast something, you can fast whatever you'd like to fast. Some people do all kind of food fast. Some people fast social media. Some people fast TV. Everybody fasts something different. But we believe that as we lay down something that, that maybe takes time away from us, that it opens us up to be able to hear from God more and be able to start our year the correct way. We believe that um, as we seek God and really dedicate this time, that God's going to show up not only in your life and in our church, but in our city and do something that really is amazing. So what we did last year, we had prayer at the office every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's going to change a little bit this year. This year, because of where our office is, we're going to, every morning at 6 a.m., I'm going to be live on Instagram and Facebook giving you a 10-minute message to start your prayer time. So you can jump on in the morning with all of us, get on there. I'm going to give you a 10-minute prayer focus, speak something to encourage your heart. We pray normally from 6 to 7. So then that leaves you 45 minutes to pray. And I'm going to, we have these prayer books that help you. If you go Christian, praying for an hour sounds horrible. I've never prayed an hour in my life. We have prayer guide books that you literally will walk you through step by step how to pray and what to pray and who to pray for. And it, we make it as simple as possible for you. And then Saturday mornings, we're going to have a time of prayer at the office where you can come and join us and our team will be there praying. And it is a really cool thing if you've never been. It's not weird. We don't make it uncomfortable. It's a great way to start learning how to pray if you've never done that. And we believe that as we set apart these, it's from the 6th, so from next Sunday will actually be day one. We'll kick it off at service, and then the first morning that we'll be live is Monday morning, and it will go until the 20, what is that, 27th? I'm horrible at math. So 21 days after the 6th it will be the last one. Um, and I believe it ends at a Saturday morning prayer. So we are excited. Every 21 days of prayer, God has spoken something monumental to us. If you have a prayer request in your life that you believe in God for, if there's a decision you have to make, if they, every single 21 days of prayer, we've come to God and said, God, there is this huge question we have or this huge need we have or this huge, and God has always been so faithful. Valley Rise Church was born out of 21 days of prayer. We started at the beginning going, God, what is this we're feeling? There's something. We don't know what you're doing. We've always been, we've loved where we're at. We love Birmingham. We love Church of the Highlands. We love everything we're doing. Why are we feeling what we're feeling? And went into 21 days of prayer and began to pray and seek God's face. And at the end of that, he spoke to us, you're supposed to go to Tom Ball and start Valley Rise Church. And so we believe that this is a great time for you to connect with God. And if there is something that you're seeking God's voice on, this is a great time to get an answer for it. 
Here comes heaven part five. We've been talking this whole series about as the earth was preparing for Jesus to come, there are certain things that happened. There was, the, the, there was John the Baptist and there was Elizabeth getting pregnant. And there was the process of Mary getting pregnant. And then there was the birth of Jesus and all that happened there. And as we looked at it and saw the things that we can do to also prepare our own hearts for Jesus to come. Well, now Jesus has come and now the birth has happened. And so what now? As I sat down to write this verse, I thought, what, what now? What happens after Jesus is born? What happens after God does something in your life? What happens after you have a moment where you connect with God? What then? You ever have those moments where God does something amazing in your life and you go home and you go, okay, well, like, what do I do now? Like, do I become a preacher? Do I preach to everybody? Do I read my Bible all the time? Like, what do I, I don't, I don't even know what to do. And I remember talking to a businessman one time, very successful businessman, and he said, when I first got saved, I thought like if you became a Christian, you just like had to become a preacher. And so he said, I got saved, and I just thought, God, please let me not become a preacher. Like I just, I love my business. I love what I'm doing. I'm very successful at what I do. And, and he said, I met with our, our pastor and, and told him, hey, is there a way I can not become a preacher and be a Christian? And he goes, well, why would you become a preacher? He goes, well, I just thought that's what you had to do like after you got saved. He said, no, like you're great at what you do. God created you to be great at what you do. Keep doing that and love Jesus. And so what is the process of after? Now what? I love when you look at the Bible because there's a significant gap in Jesus's life. This gap of from him being a kid until he begins his ministry that really we don't know what he did. We know he was a carpenter. We know we see a couple stories from his childhood, him going to the temple. And, but, but really there's a significant gap. My first year in theology school, we talked about the book of Thomas, which is a book that, that someone wrote after the Bible had really been written and tried to slide it into the Bible. And if you ever come across it, it's a great read. It's, it's, it's comical because somebody sat down and really wrote a book about like, like Jesus being a kid and having all the powers of Jesus. So like a lot of the stories are like Jesus was playing with some friends and like one of them was mean to Jesus. And so Jesus struck him dead. And then like his mom told him to like raise him back to life because that wasn't nice. And so he rose him back to life. And then like, it's a lot of stories you would think if your kid was Jesus, my kid would probably do this stuff. Um, but, 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 but we don't really see a lot of it, but we do see this one thing. Luke 2.52, and as I'm looking at my notes, I don't know if I gave them this. So do you have Luke 2.52? I know, that's on me. Forgive me. That's my fault. Luke 2.52 is our theme verse for today. And it is really what we see that Jesus does in this process of growing. Luke 2.52 tells us, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in maturity and in favor with God and man. They sum up the majority of Jesus's youth by this. Jesus increased in wisdom in maturity, and in favor with God and with man. What does that mean? If Jesus had to grow in these areas, because Jesus did grow through a process of growth, then obviously it means that we also will go through a process of growth. Any of you go through a process of growth in life? I don't know about you, but I, I know God has taken me on a process of growth in life. And I'm always reminded every time my children have really bad growing pains. Do any of you have tall children that have growing pains? You know, like, I remember getting the worst growing pains in my legs when I was a kid. I'd lay in bed, my legs hurt, my shins hurt so bad. It felt like they were just breaking. My grandmother would come to me and she'd rub this Melaleuca oil. Y'all remember Melaleuca oil, older people? It's like this peppermint Melaleuca oil and she'd rub it on my shins at night. And I'd be like, oh God, cause my legs hurt so bad. And now Eli comes down and he'll be like, my legs hurt so bad, dad, why do my legs hurt? 
And I'm always reminded every time he says it, I rejoice inwardly because I know that means he's going to be tall. He doesn't get it yet because growth is always painful. And so for us to realize what this growth looks like, we have to realize that the process of growth is never easy. The process of growth is always challenging. It doesn't matter if you're five or if you're 50, growth is challenging. It says Jesus grew first in wisdom. James 1, 5. James 1, 5. And if anyone longs to be wise, how many long to be wise? You long to be wise that I would like to be wiser than I currently am. If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures. That's so important. I think all of us need to hear this and read this and really understand this. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. I love that because my dad growing up would always say this to me. He'd say, son, be wise. I'd leave the house. He'd go, son, last thing I said before I left the house, son, be wise. I'd walk out of and go, like, what does that even mean, be wise? Like, how, how do I, what if I'm just not wise? What if I don't have that? And I remember he would always tell me this verse. If anyone longs to be wise, son, ask and God will give you wisdom. I would sit in my bed so many times and I'd go, God, please just let me be wiser. I'm getting so many spankings. Please let me be wiser than I currently am. I was a very hyper wild child. I wasn't bad. I was just like wild. Like I was on the roof. I was like, you know, painting my face with toothpaste. Did y'all hear that story I told a couple weeks ago? Eli is very much like, like really, he doesn't even compare, but he's close. It's him and Finley, you got to put them together, and that's kind of how I was. I'm um, traveling in New Orleans a while back, speaking at a church. Alex calls me. She goes, I'm exhausted. You better get home. Husbands, you know those calls. How far, when are you coming home? That's what the phone, the phone call starts with. Hey, babe, when are you coming home? Um, I'm, I'm in the airport, you know, I'm about to, about to board the plane. These kids are going wild. Like, I don't know what to do. I've spanked them. I've put them in timeout. I've taken toys away. They will not listen. I don't know. What, what do I do? Okay, put them on the speakerphone. Okay. If y'all don't listen, someone's going to die when I get home. Okay. Who, who needs it? Who needs to die? Eli's like, Finley. Finley's like, Eli. I'm like, somebody's getting it when I get home. If y'all do not obey your mother. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. I love y'all. So I'm sitting in the airport. I'm watching my flight as this is happening, okay? And the flight is going from like, we're leaving at like 1.50. And then it like, as soon as I hang up that first time, it goes delayed, like 2.30. And I'm like, uh-oh, that's not good. 10 minutes later, my phone rings. It's her again, okay? They won't listen. They still won't listen. Like, I don't know what to do. They're just, they, they, it's like, yeah, I didn't even talk to you. Okay, put them, put them on the phone again. All right. Go in the backyard and dig your burial plots. Because when I get home, someone's going in those holes, Okay. Okay, yes, sir. Okay, listen to your mom or everyone's getting spanked when I get home. Yes, sir. Okay, all right, babe. You know, get off. I hang up the phone again and the plane goes from delayed 2.30 to like 2.45. I'm like, this is not good. This is the devil. This is, I'm going to come home. I'm going to have no children left. My wife's going to be arrested for killing all our children. Like, I don't know what. I, five minutes later, the phone rings. And this time, she is, husband, you know when your wife's past the point of like, like there's a level and then there's like, Maybe we should call somebody. Like, this isn't, I don't know if it's safe for you to be at home with the children alone. Like, is that bathwater right here running? Why are you running the bathwater? There's, you know, you start asking questions. And um, she, she answers the phone, and she's, like, terrified. She's just like, I, 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 don't, I, I don't even, I'm like, what did, what, what's wrong? Why, what happened? What did you do? What did, she's like, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, well, well say something. What happened? Like, did, did one of them die? Like, what happened? She's like, I, 
I didn't hear anything upstairs. So I went to go check on them and I go and I look everywhere. They're nowhere upstairs. And I'm like, okay, we're like, what happened? Well, I look out, there's a window on our second story that's open. So I stick my head out there. Both of my children, four and three years old, five and three years old, are on the top of the roof. We have a pretty high house, sitting on the very peak of the house, okay? And she's like, they're both in their underwear. So they're just like out there in their underwear on the roof. She's like, I yell at them, get down here. Of course, Eli runs and jumps in, okay? He runs down the house. Well, Finley's now stuck up there by herself, scared. So she, Alex is scared of heights. Alex is like, Finley's like, mom, come get me. Alex is like, I'm, I'm in my like, pajamas. I'm not trying to go up there on the peak of the roof. I'm trying to send Eli back up. Eli doesn't want to go back up there. I have to go up there, climb and get them. Like literally, if they would have fallen off, they would have died. I mean, I don't know. I'm just like, okay, put them in the room. Lock them in their rooms. Put them in there. It doesn't matter what they mess up. I will be home in an hour and a half. Okay, I'm about to leave. Just put them in the room and leave them there. Okay. Like, I thought, like, you're like, it can't get any worse. Oh, it can't get worse. (sighs) I get off, and again, my flight goes delayed like two hours. I'm like, well, at this point, I don't even know if I want to go home, honestly. You know, I might just stay here another night, call some babysitters over or something. Uh, And and my phone rings again, and I'm just looking at it like, I don't even, I don't want to answer this phone call. I don't know what's coming next. I don't know answer it. She's sobbing. Okay. She's just crying. I don't know what to do. I'm like, what happened? I went to go check on them in the room. I'm like, well, what did they do in the room? There's nothing that they can't even do anything. They've covered their entire bodies in toothpaste, head to toe. I'm like, I think you're breaking up. I think, I think we're breaking up. Uh, so there is a factor in my life and my children's life that we say, just be wise, please be wise. Don't climb on roofs, don't rub toothpaste on your body, don't run in traffic, don't do anything, you know, like, just be wise. And as a kid, I remember my dad would tell me this and and it was confusing to me because I didn't know how to get wiser than I currently was. He would tell me, pray and ask God, if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for the wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. So I have a question for you today. How are you intentionally growing in wisdom? How are you intentionally growing in wisdom? Because you know, like I know, growth doesn't just happen to any of us. Growth doesn't just happen. You don't just get smarter. You don't just get stronger. You don't just get skinnier, as we all know after Christmas, okay? How many of you looked in the mirror after Christmas? You were like, uh, this is 2019 is going to start rough. It's going to be a rough start. I feel like it's an uphill climb. I just, um, you don't just get wiser naturally. You have to be intentional about your growth. Jesus was intentional about his growth. We must be intentional in our growth. And I've got three challenges for you today. And one of them is, what things are you doing going into 2019 to intentionally grow your wisdom? How do you intentionally grow your wisdom? The things that you're watching, the things that you're reading, the things that you're listening to, and the people you surround yourself will either further your growth and your wisdom, or they will hold back your growth and your wisdom. When you, are around, when you are around wise people, you will become wise. A companion of wise people becomes wise, but a companion of fools, the Bible says, is foolish. If you surround yourself with wise people, it's one great way to naturally get wiser because the people you surround yourself with will either make you better or make you worse. I mean, in 2019, you may need to thin some relationships out that are holding you back from being wise. 
You may need to thin some things out of what you're watching that are stopping you from getting wise. I love documentaries. Any of you love documentaries? Like, I'm like a documentary freak. Like, I could watch 42 hours of documentaries straight. My wife comes in, she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I'm on my 12th episode of How It's Made. She's like, why? What, why? I'm like, have you ever seen this? You know how they make pencils? This is impressive. Watch this, how they make pencils. I just love watching stuff that's going to make me smarter or wiser, taking in stuff that's going to grow me. I don't like binge watching things that just that, that, that bring no value to me. And so the question is this year, if Jesus had to grow in wisdom, guess what that means you and I have to do? We have to grow in wisdom. How are we intentionally growing in wisdom? What things are you going to read this year that are going to help you grow in your wisdom? What things are you going to watch? What hobbies are you going to take on? What are you going to do in 2019 that's going to make you intentionally wiser Jesus grew in wisdom. It says, second, Jesus grew in maturity. Jesus grew in maturity. Hebrews 6, 1. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. This is an amazing verse, and I'm explaining this to you. This is going to change your perspective on Christianity. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings of Christ. What does that mean? What is the elementary teachings of Christ? That is this. Jesus is going, Paul's going, it's great that you come and you hear me preach. It's great that you come and you sit here and listen to me speak. It's great that you put on a YouTube of your favorite preacher and listen. That's awesome. But it requires more than that to intentionally mature. It requires more than just this to intentionally mature. How many know it's great if you go to the gym, but if you go to the gym and just watch people run on the treadmill, you won't lose weight. I promise. I've tried. My wife loves going to the gym. I hate going to the gym. But the gym we go to has a coffee shop in it. So now I love going to the gym. So I just go, I went to the gym and people go, what'd you do? I'm like, well, I just drank coffee and bread, but I went to the gym. You know, like, it's just something I say now. And I've yet to lose any weight from doing that. I just want to let you all know that. I didn't get any skinnier. I didn't get, I got a little more caffeinated, but not any skinnier. Because unless I'm intentionally working on losing weight or intentionally working on building muscle, I am not going to do those things. Unless we are intentionally working on building our maturity in Christ, it won't just happen. What does that mean? It means we've got to, to as believers, do more than just sit here and listen to me preach. Although it's great, okay? I don't fault you for it. I love it, okay? We've got to do more. What does do more mean? It means what does your personal time with Jesus look like? Where are you stretching yourself spiritually? When's the last time you stepped out and said, God, I'm going to do something that's scary, but I believe you've put this on my heart to do, and I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it. Shared your faith, read a book, talked about God at work, done something that maybe for you was a stretch, but without it, your maturity cannot grow. And Paul says the same thing. He goes, listen, we've got to move beyond this teaching of Jesus loves you and he's going to forgive you. Jesus loves you and he's going to forgive you. And we must be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance. What is he saying? The foundation, what is that? The foundation of Christianity is the repentance from the acts that lead to death and faith in God. So that means the foundation of all of our belief in Jesus is, I believe that without Jesus, I am lost. I need him. I need you, Jesus. I repent for my sins, and I believe that when I stand on you, I am seen through you. Through you. God doesn't see me as he sees as I am. He sees me as he sees you, Jesus. That is the foundation of all of our Christianity. But he says we've got to move past that to intentionally mature. 
Each and every one of us has a need inside of us deep to grow with Jesus. And if we stop, just like if you stop eating, it will get stagnant. What is 21 days of prayer? 21 days of prayer is a great time to intentionally mature with Jesus. It's a great time to go, you know what? I've never got up at 6 o'clock in the morning before my life to pray. Okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray for 21 days. I'm going to see what God does. I'm going to get up and I'm going to read my Bible. Man, I'm going to read a chapter a day all through these 21 days. Maybe I've never read a chapter a day in my entire life. What things are you going to do to intentionally mature your walk with Jesus? I love when I read this because I thought, I've heard the word maturity a million times. How I many of you heard that word? And for the first time in my life, even though I know what it means, I thought, what's the definition of maturity? That's a, that's a great, so I look up the definition of maturity and it says the state of being mature. I'm like, well, that didn't help much. Um, so I look up mature and it was, I love, I love this mature, the definition of mature, full grown, fully developed, grown. And then it says this of age, of age. I love this because I've been a Christian since I was, I don't know, really since I was probably 20, 21. I would say maybe technically when I get up to heaven and they look in the Lamb's Book of Life, probably four. Maybe they'll go, you said the prayer at four you were in. So I don't, I don't, know, I don't know when they really count it. But, um, but I was never of age spiritually until I began to personally take on the need to develop and mature who I was as a Christian. You may have been in church for 20 years, but my question to you today is, are you of age spiritually? If, you look like a, if you're 20 years old, but you look like a 10-year-old, no one would look at you and say that you are of age physically. They would say, oh, he's not, he's not of age. He's, he's 20, but he looks 10. Okay, you would not be of age. And many of us have been in church a long time. But when we look at our spirituality, because we've never intentionally grown in our wisdom and we've never intentionally grown in our maturity, we are not of age spiritually. So my question to you today is, are you of age spiritually? Are you taking the necessary steps to mature and grow yourself so that you can be of age spiritually? When's the last time you sat down with Jesus and said, you know what, Jesus, I'm not here to repent for anything. I'm not here to say, hey, I'm sorry for messing up a bunch. Jesus, I'm here to get closer to you. Jesus, I'm here to hear your heart. Jesus, I'm putting everything aside for 21 days. Maybe it's food, maybe it's TV, maybe it's social media. Maybe you're only eating vegetables or you're only doing smoothies. You're, whatever it is that you're going, Jesus, I'm going to set all of this stuff aside so that I can connect with you on a level I've never connected on with, with you on before. Because my heart is not just to be in church. My heart is to be close to you, Jesus. My heart is not just to come and repent during the week and go, God, I'm so sorry. Okay, forgive me. And I leave here and I go into my week. My heart is to grow in my relationship with you, Jesus. How many of you know that if I didn't grow my marriage past the wedding day, I would not be married right now. And every married person said, amen. You know, when you get into marriage and they say to you, marriage is work. And we all say the same thing when we hear that. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I know. I'm a hard worker. Sure. Okay. And then you get into marriage and all of a sudden you realize, oh, they actually meant it's like for real work. Like it's like a full-time job. Like if I'm not working on developing my relationship with my wife, if I'm not working on being a better husband, if I'm not working on communicating with her, if I'm not doing these things intentionally, they don't just happen. They don't, my marriage doesn't just mature because I've been married a long time. 
And we all know people who's been in those situations that think that. We've been married 20 years. I don't have to talk to my wife. You ever meet those people? They're not married very long after the 20 years. And a lot of times we do that with Jesus. I've been a Christian my whole life. When's the last time you talked to Jesus? Better yet, when is the last time Jesus talked to you? When is the last time that you allowed him to lead you, him to grow you, him to mature you, him to bring spiritual wisdom to you? Because unless you're intentionally growing in that relationship, you are not of age spiritually. What does it mean to be spiritually mature? It means we must become of age spiritually. We must begin to build what it is that's inside of us. And then lastly, it says he grew in favor with God and with man because he was greatly loved. He grew in favor with God and man because he was greatly loved by God. Psalms 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. I love this verse. As I started reading it, I'm like, this is awesome, God. The Lord is a sun and a shield. Yes, God, thank you. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Yes, God, bestow it on me. No good thing does he withhold. Withhold no good thing, Lord, from those whose walk is blameless. Oh, maybe you got the wrong guy. You ever, you ever get that where you're reading? You're like, yes, God, all of this is good. And they're like, if you're blameless, you're like, uh, are there any other qualifications? <laughs> How about if I just really love Jesus? Like, how about that one? Or like, how about if I try my hardest? Is that? But this word blameless is awesome because blameless and sinless are two very different things. I mean, you know, you can sin and be blameless. I can hurt my wife unintentionally and that never have been my heart. And whenever people ask me about sin, you know, do you think this is sin? Do you think this is sin? I always have the same question. At the root of all of this thing, it's a heart thing. Where is your heart? Because a heart that is blameless is set on pleasing God all of the time. Does it mean that you're always perfect? No, it doesn't. It means that there's times we mess up. It means that there's times you slip. It means that there's times you miss it. It means that there's times you're wrong. But it means that you can come back and go, God, my heart was always set on you. My heart was always loyal to you, God. My heart always wanted to please you. And I'm sorry I messed up in this, but my heart was always set on you. And if we want to grow in favor with God, which I would say all of us do, I pray this over y'all. Y'all don't even know this. I pray this over y'all every single day. God, let our church grow in, let our church grow with, in favor with you and with men. Let our church grow in favor with you and with men, God. What does that mean? It means that you walk with a favor on you that's unnatural to you. My little brother, Joseph, he, I thought he was going to come with us today. He's in town. He's a worship leader in California. He's awesome. Joseph is one of those people, and, and we all know people like this, that just have like favor on them. Like they just have like, they just have it. Like they walk in and just like people just love them. You know those people that like, it's not even like they try. Like he's not, like they're not even very smart. He's smart. Not that he's not very smart, but like, you know, those other people aren't very smart, just in case he's listening to this. And, and so... You know, they don't do anything special. It's not like they're, they're, they're charming everyone. It's not like they just walk in and they just have this favor on them. And we always say that. We're like, God, Joseph just got the favor. Like, he just, people just love him. It doesn't matter what. He's going to get a free meal somewhere. He's going to walk up. Somebody's going to hand him a free pair of tickets to a Rockets game. He's gonna, he just has it. I don't know what it is. It's like he's a magnet for people to just love on him because he's a lovable guy and he walks in this favor. 
So what does it mean to walk with that favor? It says that God bestows favor like that upon those whose heart is blameless. Because when our heart is blameless, please get this, when our heart is blameless, all that we're worried about at the end of the day is pleasing God. And when you are worried about pleasing God, it does something different to the world around you because it's not natural. People don't know what it looks like normally for someone to not be worried about what anybody else thinks but Jesus. People don't know what it looks like. It's not natural for people to come in and not care about what the world says about them, not care about what their friends think about them, not but just go, hey, listen, I have one barometer and that's where am I at with Jesus? And if I'm pleasing Jesus, I'm good with everybody else. And when the world sees that, it attracts people to you because there's a confidence in something greater than what we can see or what we know. It's a confidence in the only person who can really bring favor to our lives. We've got to grow in favor as I close. Manuel, you can come. Growing in wisdom and maturity will lead you to being blameless. Growing in wisdom and maturity, because that's the question I asked when I read this. How, God, how do I become blameless? How do I become blameless? And what I realized is this isn't just he grew in wisdom, he grew in maturity, and he had favor. It's if you grow in wisdom and if you grow in your maturity, it creates a blameless heart in you. Because as you're growing in wisdom, you're realizing that the only person I need to please is Jesus. And as you're growing in maturity, you're letting the little stuff slide off your back. You're not getting into spats on Facebook anymore. Okay, let me just tell you, if you are a Facebook fighter, you need to, get, you need to grow in wisdom and maturity in 2019. Let me tell you this also, if you're a husband and wife, just take this as someone who loves you, okay? Just, if you do this, I'm not, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm not calling anyone out. You may all do this, okay? I'm just saying, I noticed it. Whenever I see husbands and wives have full conversations in the comment section on Facebook, like, hey, honey, how's your day at work? Like, it's good. I packed your lunch. You know they hate each other outside of Facebook. That's what that means to me. Because they're only cordial on Facebook. Like, why not just text her if she made your lunch? Why not just text her? So let's stay out of the Facebook fights. Let's stay out of all of the social media arguments. And let's go, the only thing I am worried about in 2019 is pleasing Jesus. The only thing I care about in 2019 is growing in wisdom, is growing in maturity, is getting close to you, Jesus. And if I can grow in my wisdom, and if I can grow in my maturity, it will lead me to a life of blamelessness. It will lead me to a life of blamelessness. Psalms 84, 12. Psalms 84, 12. Lord Almighty, Blessed is the one who trusts in you. This whole verse about the favor of God ends with this line. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This is David that wrote this. This is David who killed giants. This is David who was the king. This is David who could have anything he wanted in the whole world. David who conquered so many countries. This is David. David, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. The only person the Bible says was a man after God's own heart. And I want you to think about this. David was a man after God's own heart. He killed a man. He committed adultery. He had a child from an adulterous relationship. He murdered the husband to cover it up. David did a lot of things that if you did today, you'd be sitting in prison for. And yet the Bible looks at him and says, that is a man after God's own heart. Why? Because it wasn't about David being perfect. It was this last line right here. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. 
And 2019 is going to start with 21 days of prayer because what it does is it takes our focus off of trusting in anything else. It takes our focus off of trusting in our relationships. It takes our focus off of trusting in our employer. It takes our focus off of trusting in, in, in the government or trusting in your spouse or trusting in your friendships or trusting in your bank account or trusting in your job opportunity or trusting it. And it goes, God, the only thing I want to care about in 2019 is blessed is he who trusts in the Lord God Almighty. If we can live a life of trusting in God, walking in wisdom and maturity. I don't want you to just leave here and go home and go, that was a, that was a great message that Mexican preached, wasn't it? Like, I want, you to, I want you to really take, I want you to go home and I want you to sit down and I want you to go, how am I going to intentionally grow in wisdom this year? Because if you know the old saying, if you don't have, if you plan to fail, you fail to plan. Or if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. What does that mean? That means if you don't sit down and make this intentional, it won't help you at all. This, this, is, this is a great message, but if you don't sit down and intentionally go, how am I going to grow in wisdom and maturity this year? It won't help you at all. I want you to go home. I want you to sit with your spouses or I want you to sit at your own kitchen table and go, okay, God, what things am I going to actively do to grow in wisdom this year? Man, I'm gonna go back to school. Man, I'm gonna read a book a month. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn a new language. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a different part of the Bible than maybe I've ever read or I'm gonna... What areas are you going to grow in maturity? And be honest with yourselves. Or get someone that can be honest with you. Man, I need to grow in some areas of my life. Man, I need to grow in this area. I've, I've, I've struggled in this area a long time, and it's time for me to mature. And maturity is based off of what you can put away. My dad told me that since I was a kid. Christian, maturity is measured off of what you're able to put away. What does that mean? It means the things I can let go of. I don't need to be out at the club with my friends till two in the morning when I got three children at home. Time to put that thing away. I don't need to hunt every day of the year when my family wants to spend a little time with me. Trying to, time to put that thing away. Maturity is measured by what I can put away. So what areas, if you're going to get honest with yourself or you're going to have someone that can get honest with you, what areas is it time to put away? And what areas is it time to reach forward and grab onto? Let's grow in wisdom this year. Let's 2019 be the year that you grow more than you could have ever imagined. That you grow in maturity. That you start doing life with people. Maybe you jump in a small group. Maybe you've never been in a small group. And when we start small groups in February, you go, you know what? This is the year I'm going to get in a small group. And I'm going to find someone. And I'm going to open up. And I'm going to be honest. I love our small I texted one of our guys in our small group the other day. And I was like, man, I miss our small group. Like, he goes, God, I'm, I was just about to text you. I miss our small. I can't wait till February. We're doing married couple small group and it's awesome and it's real. And people are like very open and honest in there. And like, you're like, yo, okay. Thank God we're all married in here. All right. And, 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 but we have great conversations and everyone leaves there going, hey, I need to grow in some areas. I need to mature in some areas. What areas are you getting wiser in? What areas are you going to intentionally mature in? And then watch how God brings the favor of the Lord on you as you trust in him alone. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear God, we're so thankful that you didn't have a plan to just save us, God. You had a plan to grow us. You had a plan to mature us. You had a plan to stretch us. You had a plan to make us better than what we could be by ourselves, God. 
that your plan didn't end on the cross, it just began. And God, I pray that today, as it begins in our life, that we will take steps, God, to grow intentionally wiser. That we will take steps to be matured intentionally. That we won't just leave it to the world to shape us or leave it to the friends to shape us or leave it to the circumstances around us to shape us. But God, we will intentionally shape our lives around trusting in you. And that as we do that, as we walk with that blameless heart, we will see you do something amazing. God, today, we just say we trust you. We trust you, God. We trust you 100%. Whatever 2019 holds, Jesus, we trust you. Whatever 2019 holds, Jesus, we trust you. God, we step out and we say mature and grow us. God, whatever you're calling us to, the answer is yes in advance. Say that with me. If you really believe that, I just want you to say that. Jesus, whatever you're calling me to, the answer is yes in advance. Jesus, grow us and let us walk in favor with you and with man. God, the prayer I pray over our precious people every week, God, let them grow in favor with you and with man. Let 2019 be a year the favor of God shines upon them like they could have never imagined. Let them walk with a different stride, God. Let the favor of the Lord be upon them. And as they trust in you, God, let it attract people to them that they've never even known. Let there be something different about us this year, God. That this is the year we grow. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here today that I'm talking about this and and you just go, Christian, I don't even know. That sounds great, but I don't even know what that means to grow in Jesus. I don't know what it means that Jesus died for me. I don't know what it means... But today I want to. Today I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've known church or you've known religion, but you've never encountered a personal relationship with Jesus. A relationship that wasn't built on guilt and shame, but that was built on him loving you and accepting you and taking you on a journey to grow you in wisdom and maturity. With every head bowed and every eye closes between you and Jesus. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. If you would, would you just slip your hand up for me so I can pray for you? Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. Now, if you'll just repeat this prayer after me, and you can say this under your breath, you can say it out loud. As long as you mean it, you can pray it in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came down from heaven to live a perfect life, the life that I could never live, and then die on a cross to pay my sin bill a debt that I could never pay off I believe you paid it for me and then I believe you rose from the dead to give me new life so that I could walk in freedom every day I'm on this earth today Lord Jesus I commit my life to you Today, I become a follower of Jesus. Change me, grow me, make me wiser, give me maturity, and let me walk in favor 
with you and with men. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. I know we got so many people that are out of town and that aren't here. And so I, I literally I told Alex, I'm like, I don't know if anybody's going to show up tomorrow. Every, it's going to be raining. Everybody's on vacation. And so I love that you guys are here. And I would rather have church with, with 70 of you than church with none of you. And so I, I love you guys. Hey, be excited about 21 Days of Prayer. Begin to prepare your heart for whatever it is that God's going to do. I'm telling you, if there's something that you're believing God for, this is the time. God does amazing things in 21 days of prayer. Really, he does amazing things anytime we decide to focus on him. And so this is a great time to do that. Hey, if you came prepared to worship with your giving today, we've got three ways that you can do that. You can give in the offering envelope um, when they pass the buckets. Also, if you filled out a connection card, you can drop those in there as well. You can give online at Valley Rise Church. Dot com, click the giving link, or you can text Valley Rise and the amount to 77296. We're so thankful for you guys. You guys are such a generous church. Couldn't do this without you. Wouldn't want to. I love when we went back to Lafayette, we had dinner with, with a couple from the church, and I just loved going like, yo, we have, we have, like we're in another state, in another city, having people, having dinner with people from our church. Like, how cool is that? Like, this is just I love our Valley Rise Church family, and you guys are so faithful to do what God has asked us to do. And like I say every single Sunday, I will never ask you to give anything. The Bible says every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. And so we say, you ask God, and whatever God tells you to do, we trust him. Hey, I'm going to pray over this, and then I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to believe that this year is going to be the greatest year yet for you. I'm excited about our series. We're starting a new series next week. We're calling it Reset. So you want to get here for that as we kick off our year strong. And then as you're making your list for 21 Days of Prayer, I need all of you to put on there um, that I am running a marathon, okay? And a half marathon, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, forgot it was a half. Okay, thank God. Um, And so I need you all to pray for it. I will finish. I got the first part. The last 12 miles are going to be on your prayers, so... It's only 13 miles for those of you that know. Um, So, hey, let's pray and we'll get out of here. Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. Thank you, God, for every gift and every giver. Thank you that we get to be a part of something amazing, God, a church that you're building. God, we get to be a part of your story. We get to be a part of what you build. We get to join in, God. And today we just say we're so grateful, God. Everything we have will return to you. It's yours anyways. We're so, we're thankful, God, that you let us hold it for a second. We love you and we just give everything we have to you, God. And we just ask that you would take what we give and you would multiply it. That we would be able to do more than we could ever imagine with what you have, God, in your hand. We love you and we're so thankful. I just bless every single person here, God. I do pray that they would grow in favor with you and with man, God. I pray that 2019 would be the greatest year of their lives. That as they step into this new season, they would experience favor like they've never experienced. They would experience a closeness with you like they've never experienced. They would experience relationships and friendships that they've never experienced. Divine relationships, divine friendships. God, as they walk into this new year, they would encounter you on a different level. We love you and we're so thankful that we get to be a part in this. Bless these people, watch over them, protect them and keep them. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. 
We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.